Carmel Presbyterian Church's podcast channel. Open up a Bible or just listen in. We hope this week's message is a blessing to you. Well, amen. We have made it. The Yees are in Carmel. Yay! Thank you for your prayers. I'll tell you a story. There are a couple incidents that maybe was maybe weren't going to make it here, but we made it. We are here. We are so excited to be a part of this community. And uh, um, as we go through the book of Nehemiah in the coming weeks, uh, I hope you'll join us in the in the coming weeks. Come each Sunday. Um, so go through this series talking about a new chapter. Today we're going to talk about a fresh start. And I don't know where where you're coming from today, as we're singing that last song, beautiful song, I was actually thinking about a couple of people I had met this past week who are, who are new to the faith. It's, isn't it so great in our church that people are coming to Jesus? And so I was thinking like, man, those words must be so powerful to someone who's new to the faith that Jesus has made a way. And then I was thinking, I wonder if there's anyone else in this room who hasn't said yes to Jesus yet. So I just want you to know I have you in mind that you don't have to, you don't have to come Sunday and, and, and pretend. You can just come and say, I'm still checking out Jesus. I don't know exactly what these things mean. But I just want you to know you, you have a special place in Pastor Tim's heart because you showed up today and you're thinking about the Bible. You're thinking about Jesus. You want to know, is this for you? Whatever it would be, we're so excited that you're here. And so if I say anything confusing, you just email me later and, and you can ask about it. Or, or if you have any complaints, uh, you, you can send it to uh, someone else, I guess. But, um, <laughs> but if you really have any questions, because uh, I'm going to talk about a lot of Bible stuff and some things that might not be so familiar uh, to some of you, um, just ask away. I'd love to be a part of it, explaining. We're going to go through the book of Nehemiah. The next four weeks, I want to give you some background for you note takers. There's some, some big names here, so do your best. I'll send you the notes later. But I want to let you know as we dig into this text today um, that there are three important figures to understand the whole history of what's going on. This is the return of the Jews back to Jerusalem. They've been exiled for many decades. Here's the three leaders, super important, Zerubbabel, Ezra, and Nehemiah. Now, there are three books that are super important as well. It's the book of Ezra, the book of Nehemiah, and the book of Esther, which tell the history of God's people during the rule of the Persian Empire. Now, Ezra and Nehemiah, they tell of the exiles who returned to Judah. Esther tells the story of the Jews who remained in Babylon, who remained in exile. So I want to remind you that how we got to Nehemiah who is starting a new chapter for Israel in our text today. So here's a little Bible background to even the story of Nehemiah. Now, God had been faithful to a guy named Moses. Who's ever heard of Moses before? Okay, so here's the history. God had been faithful to use Moses to lead the Hebrews out of Egypt. He empowered a guy named Joshua to capture the land for the Jews. It's a man named King David who was followed by his son Solomon. Now, this was called the golden era where Israel followed God and experienced great blessing. It's the golden era. Now, what happened was it culminated this era of blessing with the building of God's temple. And that was back in the day where God's presence re- resided primarily in this temple. Not exclusively, but almost primarily. This was the golden age of the Hebrews. Now, 
What happened though, there, you had King Solomon and the kings that followed, they failed to carry the baton. They failed to worship God. They sinned. They turned their backs on God, and it led to Israel's destruction. Now, Jeremiah the prophet, he predicted all of this as God told him, and that he foretold that the Jews would be captives in a foreign land through a series of attacks, and these attacks happened. Let me tell you about them. The first attack happened in 606 B.C., and where that's where many of the king's family and the leaders were taken to Babylon, and that included Guys named like Daniel, Meshach, Shadrach, Abednego, okay, famous story from the Bible, where 10 years later then in 596 BC, a second group of Jewish priests and craftsmen, they were taken away as well, including someone named the prophet Ezekiel. Then in 586 BC, a guy named King Nebuchadnezzar, he fully destroyed Jerusalem including the great temple that Solomon built. And then in 539, after the Jews were taken to be slaves in Babylon, the many were taken at that time, in 539, the Babylonian Empire as well was conquered by the Medes and the Persians. And as prophesied in the Bible, because the Bible speaks truth and can even at times it will be proclaiming a future truth that we don't know yet, it is correctly prophesied that a Persian king, Cyrus, would miraculously give the Jews permission to return to Jerusalem. That's what our story is talking about. Returning to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple of God. And so the first group of captives, as you were kind of following along, they returned in 536 B.C., led by a guy named Zerubbabel. That fulfilled the 70-year captivity prophecy. And then Ezra leads a second group in 458. And then finally, Nehemiah, we're talking about today, leads a third group in 444, about that, B.C. And that's a topic of our sermon series these next few weeks. So we're talking about a new chapter. And Katie and I have been praying with you the last 40 days about this new chapter of ministry for us but for CPC and for you as well. So I want to say, first of all, Katie and I have felt the prayers of the people, for sure, carrying us in this new chapter, in this transition. And now I want you to notice here in the book here, before Nehemiah rebuilt the wall, Israel's worship of Yahweh restarted under Zerubbabel. So I want you to notice this, that the worship of God preceded working for God. Did you hear that? The worship of God preceded doing any work for God. And that's what we've been doing, not only the last 65 years, but the last 40 days in concentrated worship and prayer of God. Before we're doing anything, we're worshiping God. In this new chapter, it's bathed in prayer. And so we're following Nehemiah just after the walls of Jerusalem rebuilt. You can see that in verse 1. Now, when the wall had been built and I had set up the doors, this is Nehemiah speaking, and the gatekeepers, the singers, and the Levites had been appointed. So you see, the worship of God even preceded the building of the wall. And now Nehemiah is gathering the people together for a new chapter. These exiles that returned to Jerusalem, returning from Babylon. And under Nehemiah's leadership, God's people not only quickly built a physical structure, they did this work, they were beginning a new spiritual legacy as well. 
It wasn't just a physical thing. It was a spiritual legacy as well. And that had implications for generations to come. In other words, there would be no Jesus making a way on the cross without these people here being faithful. Without what God did through Nehemiah and these people gathered, there would not have been the gospel story as we know it. The spiritual legacy that they began had implications for generations to come. So I want you to think about 65 years ago at Carmel Press. Now, some of you maybe were around, okay? Some of us maybe were just a twinkle in the eye, right, whatever. So maybe some of us can think back that far and imagine, though, that God, 65 years ago, began something here that now we are inheriting for the next 65 years. I want you to imagine it that way. And then this moment that we're embarking on this new chapter, to be thinking about what we do today will matter 65 years from now. What we do today will matter next week as well. That what we do today matters to God. What we do today. And we're beginning with worship. We're beginning with prayer as we think about these next even 65 years. That we get to continue a legacy into the future. But what you do today matters. And so as I begin my ministry here at Carmel Press, I want us to be committed to this new chapter of seizing the moment of living fully for God. You get a choice today to kind of be lackadaisical or to say, I'm all in. I'm all in with Jesus. I'm all in with following him. I'm all in to seeing where he will lead me for this next season of my life. The Yee family, we're so excited that we have been called to serve and to lead this church in this new chapter. And I'm so glad many of you were praying for us the past 40 days because we hit some bumps along the way. So a week ago, just last Sunday, while you, some of you were here, we were unloading two truckfuls of our stuff. Now, we thought we had done a good job of, like, downsizing, but oh, no, 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 no. We have a lot more to go. Now, before that, Pastor Tim was trying to be helpful, and I realized I'm just not very good at moving, basically. Some of you are, like, experts, but I had, like, lost certain things. I misplaced stuff that you're not supposed to misplace. I lost these, like, special bed legs for the adjustable bed that my wife needs because she has to sit up, and I wanted her to be able to sleep well her first night in our new place, but Pastor Tim didn't mark the box (laughs) that was like covered in cobwebs, and so then the whole thing gets packed, and so for like 48 hours straight, you can ask my wife, I was a little stressed out because I was like, I'm a failure as a husband, my one job. My one job was like, put the bed legs aside. And I just left them out there thinking, magically, they'll appear in our new home. So I was like freaked out for like 48 hours. I was already stressed. The Packers pack. My wife's being super great, super calm. She's like, it's all going to work out, Tim. We're praying. Everyone's praying for us. No big deal. So finally, the movers were packed. It's like 100 degrees in LA. We're packed. I'm like perspiring a lot. And it's we're on the road. We're on the road. I'm praying. We know people are praying for us. This is now, I think, Saturday. We're on the road. Driving up. My wife's SUV from 2005, which still runs, is loaded with the kids and stacked. We look like vagabonds. I'm falling in my super sweet 2008 Prius. It's all packed out. I was super smart. I packed a fanny pack because I rock fanny packs. And I put in like seven screwdrivers. I don't know what they do, but I I have seven different screwdrivers that have like different shapes on them. I don't know what the shapes do, but they're really pretty. And so you can tell I'm not the handiest of guys. So I packed a fanny pack with seven screwdrivers. 
I don't know what five of them do, but they're there, and I packed a wrench and a, and a tape measure, because you need a tape measure where you're on the road, right? So I have a tape measure as well. So we're going on the road. It's like 7 o'clock at night. We're an hour and a half away from Carmel. I'm like, dear Jesus, thank you so much. We're going to make it for the movers. We're coming at 8 a.m. the next morning, right? We got an hour and a half left. We'll get in at 9 p.m. It's great. I look at Katie's car in front of me, and I can see a part of her car hanging down, like moving, swinging. And of course, I don't know if you're like me. I have a gift of worry. It's a spiritual gift. Look it up in the Bible. <laughs> I have a gift of worry. I'm a really good, like, good worrier. And so... Of course, my mind goes, worst case scenario, it's going to spark, there'll be a fire, I'm like, right? I mean, worst case scenario is what I'm thinking. So I see this part, I'm going I'm to call my wife and tell her she's got to pull over. So I dial the number, no service, south of King City is a dead spot, thank you Verizon, Verizon if you're listening, please help, okay? South of King City hit a dead spot, and then the two lanes merge into one lane, so now a car pulls in front of me. Now I can't even have a visual of my wife and two daughters and the part that's hanging from the bottom. I'm like, dear Jesus, please, please save us. Okay, it goes back to two lanes. I see my wife. Signal comes back. I call him up. Katie, you have to pull over. There's a part of your car that's like dragging on the ground. So she finds an exit. She's super calm, pull over. And I come out and I'm like, there's something dragging. What do we do? So, of course, I crawl into the car. Now, keep in mind, I have no idea, like, what's under a car. I mean, I don't even know. But I'm under the car now, and I see this, like, plastic piece. Thank God it was plastic that covers, I guess it's just, like, a thing that covers your engine or something. So I'm, I'm thinking, I have, I have a fanny pack. <laughs> and in the fanny pack, I was smart. Pastor Tim's good at this. I packed duct tape, not just any duct tape, red duct tape. I got my red duct tape out of the fanny pack, and I go back under the car. I call my buddy. I'm like, there's a piece hanging from the car. I don't know what to do. He's like, Tim, calm down. It's probably just a debris cover, just duct tape. And I'm like, I have duct tape. I have duct tape. So I'm under there. I duct tape it. I'm making these things. My wife's like, I'm just going to call AAA, honey. I'm like, no, I got this. I'm the man. I have, I got this under control. I have red duct tape and seven screwdrivers. I have this. So here I am underneath the car, duct taping this plastic piece, but it's so dusty, the duct tape won't stick. So now I'm back in the phone. Like, what do I do? The duct tape won't stick. My, my wife's like, I'm calling AAA. Okay. She's holding on AAA. So then I realize if there's these four bolts that hold it, maybe I could just take it off. I have a wrench. I go back to the fanny pack, and I get my wrench out. I'm back underneath the car, and it doesn't fit because, of course, Pastor Tim chooses the one wrench that doesn't adjust. Awesome. Doesn't fit. Oh, no, the wrench doesn't fit. What do I do? Well, I said, I'm calling AAA. Don't worry about it. Anyway. AAA does show up. I'm, I'm planning worst case scenario. Okay, the movers are 8 a.m. We're going to sleep in King City. We'll just stay here. I'll call them. We'll delay, whatever it would be. The guy, Katie's like, can you just take off the cover? And the guy's like, yeah, you'll be fine to drive. Oh, so then we made it to Carmel, which was great. Yes, we made it Saturday night. That was wonderful. And then all I had, because I had the gift of worry, then it was like, where are the bed legs? Dear Jesus, help me find the bed legs. And we found the bed legs the next morning. It all worked out just fine. And I want you to know and realize, though, when you begin a fresh start, 
When you start a new chapter, you might hit some bumps along the way. You might be here and say, Tim, I'm all in. I'm going to follow Jesus. You're going to experience some roadblocks, some falling parts, some distractions, some opportunities to lean into worry and to lean into saying, yeah, this is just too much. You know, in Nehemiah 2.17, if you read that, you can see the goal of Nehemiah is very clear. It says, come, let us build the wall of Jerusalem. And if you haven't picked up from the context clues, Pastor Tim isn't very good at building, okay? And so when I read about Nehemiah and it's all this building and construction stuff, like this is not my forte. Now, my wife is very good with like power tools and I'm better with the frying pan and she's good with the frying pan too. So she's the power tool person. I'm more frying pan and like Bible stuff a little bit more. She's She's Bible stuff too. But Nehemiah, it's all about building, okay? So you can probably guess I'm not the most handy of guys. But I, what I could tell you is this, that preceding this work of God was prayer. So I'm just letting you know your prayers carried us Saturday, last Saturday. It did. And it carried me yesterday. I was at my, my grandma's funeral yesterday. Your prayers carried us yesterday. Just got in late last night. That Before we work for God, it's preceded with prayer and worship. And so thank you so much for praying. But I just want you to know, we're going to continue that legacy. We're going to keep praying. We're going to keep worshiping as we begin this new chapter. Because guess what? We're going to hit some bumps. We're going to have some falling parts. We're going to have some unexpected detours, some distractions, some delays. Does it sound like your life, like mine? We're going to have some things that are going to interrupt our path and journey to follow God. So be ready. Be prayerful. Keep worshiping. Because this new chapter can bring stress. And a new chapter can make you uncomfortable. Maybe you came to faith in a family that isn't super excited about you following Jesus. That's tough to have a new chapter, right? When you have people around you, maybe there's even resistance you're experiencing. Maybe outright rejection. Maybe even ridicule for following Jesus. Sometimes that resistance doesn't come from outside. It comes from within. It's ourselves. Our self-doubt about our abilities. Or maybe doubting your qualifications. Sometimes the resistance comes from you. That voice in your head. I'm old enough to used to have cassette tapes. If you have a tape playing in your head, this tape that plays in your head that says, you're not enough. You're not going to make it. It's, you're only going to hang in there for a little bit. You ever have that play in your head, that worst voice? For some reason, why is that louder than the other voices that tells you you're not good enough? So we want to remind you that every new chapter will come with resistance. Expect it, but keep praying and keep following Jesus in this new chapter of following him. Take a look at verse 5 with me. It, Nehemiah says, Then God put it into my heart to assemble the nobles and the officials and the people to be enrolled by genealogy. I want us to get this picture of thousands of years ago of Nehemiah gathering the Jews to embark on this new chapter. It's been preceded by prayer and worship, and now they're going to get ready for the work of God. And we are gathered just like that, embarking on this new chapter. And we've prayed and we're going to keep worshiping. And there's this fresh start that we have gathered as well. And I want you to see in the next few weeks how Nehemiah followed God by doing three things. 
What he did was this. He helped the people focus upward towards God. And then he helped them to strengthen inward in community. And then he showed them that we need to be blessing outward towards serving others. That's what we're going to learn from Nehemiah these next few weeks about this fresh start of going deeper with God, this rhythm of upward and inward and outward. And so we talk about a fresh start. We are saying no to complacency in our lives. We are saying yes to God that the things that break God's heart would break our hearts. That's what a fresh start means. Yes to giving ourselves over completely to his will and to his ways as we make God a priority in our lives. That's a fresh start. Don't you want that kind of focus in your life? A fresh start with Jesus, having that priority. Like I mentioned, I came back from a funeral just late last night celebrating Grandma Lim, Ella, who lived nearly 97 years. Uh, she was four foot eight and just a pistol of energy, man. I mean, she made me feel tall, but man, she, she just was a powerful force in our family, and she was celebrated well. And you know, she was one of those feisty people. You don't have anyone in your life like this who give you really great expert advice, even if you don't ask for it. That was Grandma Lim, okay? And you know what funerals always remind us of, though, as looking at the people? It always reminds you of what's most important in life. I don't know if you've gone to a funeral lately, but it reminds you of what's most important today when you see and think about the end of your own life. What's important? I like how Pastor Max Lucado wrote it this way. He said, when you are in the final days of your life, what will you want? Will you hug that college degree in that walnut frame? Will you ask to be carried to the garage so you can sit in your car? Will you find comfort in, re- in rereading your financial statement? Of course not. What will matter then will be people. Well, what matters at the end of your life are people. And if relationships will matter most then at the end of your life, shouldn't they matter most now? This fresh start, this new chapter is us getting a chance to remember what's most important in life. In this new chapter at CPC, we're making a fresh start to seize the moment to do things today that will make a difference for eternity. So let's stop wasting time on things that don't matter. And let's start making space, more space for loving God and loving others as we steward God's resources. That's what a fresh start can mean for us. Because in the end, nothing else will really matter except that we loved the things that God loves. You hear that? What matters most is that your heart is aligned with God's heart. The things that matter to God matter to us. The things that he loves most, we love most. And that we worship God with all of our heart, our soul, and mind, and strength in the end of our lives, that's really what matters. As a young boy, the founder of the International Justice Mission, they combat human trafficking around the world and, and locally as well. The founder's name is Gary Haugen. He tells a story. And when Gary was just a boy, he would enjoy summers hiking with his dad and his two older brothers. Uh, but on one such trip to Mount Rainier, 10-year-old Gary tells a story as he looked up at the massive rock formations 
And he was so afraid that when his dad asked if he was ready to go, you know what Gary said, instead of telling him he was scared, he says, no, that looks boring. That looks boring. You know anyone who'd do that, right? Oh, it's boring. It's, no, I don't want to do that. So instead, Gary chose to stay behind at the visitor center while his family braved the climb. So as the hours passed, the comfortable visitor center started to feel extremely small. Gary started to get bored. He felt totally safe and he felt totally stuck. Gary's dad and brothers returned late in the afternoon. They were flushed with triumph. They were cold and they were nursing scrapes, but they had stories from an unforgettable day on that mountain they just climbed. And Gary said nothing, having endured one of the longest and most boring days in his life. And decades later, he still recounts with sadness his missed opportunity. And Haugen says, one of the biggest regrets in life, I think, is a sense of having gone on the trip but missed the adventure. And so we're gathered here today to invite you to make a fresh start, a fresh start of living life fully for God, whatever it takes. I want you to imagine that something we do today matters to God, because it does. Just like for Nehemiah and, and Israel, the best years of the past always have a generational implication of blessings for the future. That you would leave today confident in the truth that something you do today matters to God and actually has implications for the future. Whether your worship or your giving or your, your friendship or maybe you're serving or you're welcoming someone today or you're saying yes to Jesus today for the first time or you're recommitting your life to refocus on following God today, whatever that might be, that something you do today matters to God and has implications for the future. That's what a fresh start is, that we live life each day like they matter because they do. They have implications for eternity. And so what you need to do today, I'm inviting you, is to say yes to the adventure of following God in this new season to say yes to a new chapter at Carmel Press, to say yes to a fresh start in your life. And I don't know what that looks like for you, this fresh start, but there's a yes that God has before you. And we don't want anyone to leave today as we sing these last songs without saying that yes that the Spirit is putting on you right now even. There's a yes to something. A yes to going deeper with God, a yes to following him, a yes to being more generous, a yes to having more faith, a yes to stop worrying, a yes to this fresh start in this new chapter, a yes to sending your life on Jesus. Will you join me in a prayer? God, we don't know what you have in store for us, but Jesus, we are trusting that you would reveal to us in your timing all these good things. We know as we embark on this new chapter and this fresh start, we're going to encounter these bumps along the way, these distractions, these barriers, maybe even outright resistance or, or ridicule. Lord, we pray, Lord, that you would break through, that we might follow you with the fullest of our abilities, that you would give us the power and the faith itself to know that in you, 
we can have all things because of Christ. A new mind, a fresh start, the power to fulfill the very things that you have in store for us. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for being so patient with us. Thank you that you already know ahead of time these barriers that we're going to encounter. Would you already begin, Lord, making the plans to help remove some of these barriers or even use some of these barriers to redirect us the right way that you want us to go, Lord. Help us to be attentive to your spirit as we embark on this new chapter. I pray for anyone here, Lord, that you've been nudging them even right now, some kind of fresh start, something that you want them to say yes to, that as we sing this, these next songs, Lord, that we would be the kind of people to say yes, Lord. What are we holding back? Lord, forgive us for not trusting you enough with our lives. Lord, keep nudging us. Lord, I thank you for the people here who are saying yes to you right now. Would you pour into them a sense of confidence that you will never leave them, never forsake them. You will always be guiding us, Lord, as we keep saying yes to you. Lord, we worship you as we even, as we bring our offerings and bring, Lord, these gifts that you have given to us to give back. Would you bless them that you might be known better in this community, that you might be glorified through us in this new chapter. Well, thank you, Lord, for blessing us to be a blessing. Lord, we worship you. We love you. Show us what it looks like to follow you with full devotion. And it's your name we pray, Lord Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information about Carmel Presbyterian Church, visit our website at www.carmelpres.org or any of our social media pages. Have a blessed rest of your week.